This is Shane Gibson's Closing Bigger podcast from ClosingBigger.net. This is a special podcast series because it's our 24-hour blogathon and podcast that we're doing. Uh, the blogathon is basically to raise money for a school in India through the MSMF Foundation, providing access to education, literacy, everything from health services to food, libraries, you name it, to a very underprivileged region of that country where the students would not otherwise have access to pretty well any education or even things like sustenance during the day. So Fred Shadian is actually the sponsor of one of these entries. And so what I asked Fred to do is, beyond just sponsoring it, because Fred is a performance specialist, he's got three black belts uh, under his belt, uh, and he coaches everything from athletes to realtors and successful business people on breaking through their plateaus and developing an environment of peak performance in their life, I've asked Fred to come on the podcast today and share with us some of his award-winning strategies. So without any more introductions, what I'd like to do is just introduce Fred. Fred, thanks a lot for being here with us. Hey, you're welcome, Shane. Hey, thank you. I just wanted to congratulate you for your commitment to staying up for the last 24 hours um, to raise funds for um, the, the blogathon for the MSMF uh, Foundation. So congratulations, buddy. Thanks. I'll tell you, I hit a bit of a plateau myself about 4.30 this morning. <laughs> <laughs> called sleep. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I was trying all kinds of tricks, but eventually I woke up with the keyboard imprint on my forehead, uh, awesome. but uh, I also woke up to more pledges from around the world, so it's pretty exciting, but uh, I thought about you in our conversation about plateauing in performance <laughs> and admitting we're in the plateau. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so... Maybe I'd like to start off with is um, asking you a bit about, and I, I know earlier podcast here this week, I actually talked about your seminar the other day, the Vancouver Sales Performance Meetup, and talking about when people plateau, but I'd like to sort of, in your own words, interview you here. I guess one of my first questions is, what's so important about the science of understanding plateauing in business and in every other part of our life? Well, um, the most important thing, like anything, is to acknowledge where we're at. You know, if somebody is have a symptomology of a, an illness, is to know that they have that illness. If they're in, an athlete and they're performing on a world-class level, is to know what level they're at and what level they want to accomplish. If they're in business, to know whatever sales they're generating or whatever the organization they're creating and to where they want to go. And I always tell people right off the bat is if you're happy with where you're at, congratulations. If you're still happy with where you're at and you want to be gone, go a little bit further, um, you can knowing the right strategies and being aware that you are in a plateau. And a plateau doesn't always have to be a rut. It, it also could be a place that you're very satisfied with, but you're motivated you know, you just won a world championships, but you still want to go to the Olympics. You know, Absolutely. so that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to springboard from one success to another success. Great. So the biggest thing is to recognize where you're at and where you want to go. So as we look at this, you know, one of the things that you said that I thought was really profound, and we had this discussion, uh, not at the sales meetup, but on a one-on-one -on -one conversation last week, and you may recall, call, you said something to the effect that 
often when a hero or a champion plateaus, it's a couple things. Not they're not aware they're there, but also it's because they haven't answered their calling. Can you expand upon this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite authors is Joseph Campbell, and he's written tons of books on bliss and the hero's journey, and um, you know different things. Uh, you know, being in in flow in your life, and whether it's a person is an athlete or a warrior or um, entrepreneur or any kind of a success to a certain degree, there's that hero within that person that's coming out for them to step up to the plate, to take that call to, you know, you see, you hear it all the time, there's a fire going on, a guy just walking down the street, he hears a kid crying, he, he doesn't want to be a hero, it's just an act that makes him a hero. He just runs into the fire, pulls out the young child out of the, the house, and then the community makes that person or acknowledges that person for that heroic act as a hero or a, a person, you know, the Olympics are coming up in Vancouver and we have a lot of amazing athletes in Canada that are going to be on the world stage and we don't know which one of them, you know, there's, there's people could guess which one is going to win the gold Olympic medal, but the first person that wins the gold medal for Canada will become a Canadian hero for a sport activity because it empowers the whole country, the whole culture and whole, you know, all the spectators that a person was able to accomplish something that normally cannot be accomplished. I truly feel every single person has a musician within, has a warrior within, has a, you know, a healer within. So I feel every person is able and capable of being a hero in one part of their life. All they got to do is tune into it and accelerate to a higher level, because what what how it got triggered for me is I was doing karate when I was a kid, and I worked really really hard, and I was the best orange belt that club had, but I just <laughs> couldn't go to green belt. No matter what I did, I would couldn't go to green belt because the plateau there was, you had to do the full splits. Well, my hip has been cracked and uh, you know fully healed now, but it's uh, I wasn't able to do the splits. So that's where the plateau, those guys build in a plateau for their school, and the whole system kind of collapsed because they have too many plateaus based, not based on skills. It was based on um, physical stretching and so on. It was more like a yoga class. So when I studied uh, the Filipino martial arts and I was seeing the top guy in the whole world take out a whole school without kicking above his waist, I was intrigued by it. So as soon as I got into that style... I was able to accelerate within one year to get a black belt. And I was just blown away how I was able to do that, where there's other people in the same style. It took them five to six years to do it. And then I kind of looked back and go, okay, what other styles could I accelerate in and what other styles will slow me down? So I've seen a lot of talented martial artists that get into a style that never get anywhere. And I've seen the opposite where somebody gets into studying a specific style, and they accelerate so fast, it is just mind-boggling. And you see that in business. Some people will just become a sales, like insurance salesperson or car sales, and they work really hard. They read all the books. They go to all the seminars, but it's not their calling. So that's where the calling comes in. You have to be 100% congruent with what it is you're promoting or you're selling or the activity you're doing, whether it be a sports or business. To me, it's the same thing. It's just a 
a process of activity that leads you to a higher calling. That's excellent, Fred. Thank you. And I think you've introduced several dynamics. I guess I have one question. I know we're going to keep these uh, in particular interviews down to about 10, 12 minutes, and we're going to do three of them uh, for this podcast series. But I guess before we kind of wrap this one up, you made some great points, but I, and I had a couple questions. I, I guess one of them was, it was interesting how, you know, part of it is what you're saying to the listener is be aware when you get in these environments that have built-in plateaus that are designed consciously or unconsciously to stop you from moving forward. And I think that's a really cool observation. Now, the other one was the analogy of the person who didn't consider themselves a hero, but did an act of a hero. They, they, they charged into the, the burning building or they took a leadership position in their company because their boss was away and, and they hit a home run. But now they're being called a, a hero and it's it's terrifying for them <laughs> uh, because they're not ready for it and they don't see themselves as a hero. How does that person who is his accelerating beyond their comfort level and really the only thing going to hold them back is as John Maxwell calls the law of the lid, but it's really Absolutely. they're a bit terrified. How, how does someone get over that terror and accept their greatness? I mean, what are some of the things that you've seen people have done to make sure they don't self-destruct on the way up? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because we read um, that, that's an amazing question because we see that on TV. You know, the tabloids on Entertainment Tonight and all the different shows of the fallen superstars, or we could call them the fallen heroes, whatever name we want to kind of crosswire there. You know, whether you know the different musicians, the different actors that have hit their peak and then they went to their addictions, whether it be drugs, alcohol, and the rest of it. And they've fallen from their calling because they were empowering so many people, but they can handle it. It's like um, another one, because I, I, I kind of pay attention to those things. There was a gentleman in, in Australia where he saw a young girl is being attacked by a shark, and he just ran in and just punched the shark right in the head, and the shark <laughs> ran away. And then they made a big announcement all over Australia that this guy saved this young girl's uh, life by being a hero. And he said, it's really interesting, he said, I have no plans in my whole life I wanted to be a hero. I just want to be left alone. <laughs> but now <laughs> I could, you know, it took him a while because he was being acknowledged on a world stage. It wasn't just Australia. You know, I, was, I heard about it in Canada. And it was all over CNN. It was all over BCTV, CTV, and the rest of it. It was, it was a broadcast worldwide. So this guy was being interviewed for the first time in his life. He was on a world stage being acknowledged for that behavior that he did on an unconscious level or other than conscious level where he just went forward. Because they asked him, did you see this? Did you plan to be this? Did you plan to be a hero? He's like, dude, all I did was I saw the shark. I saw the girl scream. I ran. That's that's the decision. It was like within one tenth of a second was the decision made, and he went in. And then to be able to acknowledge, go, okay, great. I wasn't expecting to be that person or reach that plateau. And then the the biggest thing is to be grounded. You know, that's where people lose their center. So when you accomplish a big level, whether it be you become a black belt or you be, you take that leadership role you were mentioning about as the boss left and the person takes in is where it either could get to your head or you could stay in your body. And when you stay in your body, and that's what martial arts refer to it as your center, you could see Michael Jordan, you see Wayne Gretzky. People irritate them all the time when they were playing at their peak, but they were able to recover much quicker than the average player. And all the great masters in martial arts, if you hang out with them, and I've been blessed to hang out with a lot of them, 
the difference with, you know, when they asked those sensei, the founder of Aikido once, and he said, he said, sensei, you have the, the, the power to be in your center all the time. He said, no, no, I don't. I'm constantly out of my center. The only difference is I'm able to connect to my center faster than any of you guys. And this is what I wanted to leave with you guys before I pass on is to be able to stay in your center. And if you do get disconnected, because it's going to happen, doesn't matter if you're a Zen master or whatever master you are, it's how fast can you return back into your center. Some people take them a week. Some people take them a year. They're still mad at somebody. Or they could get back into their center and let it go within um, 30 seconds or less. And that's the beauty. So that's the, to be able to breathe below the belly button, to hold that awareness being in your body, gets you to acknowledge what you accomplished. And then you kind of like absorb that energy and you kind of enjoy the environment that you're in. And then your behaviors is in a humble way that you become a hero that people love or a winner or whatever we want to call it, a, a world athlete. Because you see that all the time. And that's, so that's the biggest one is being in your center. Fantastic, Fred. Well, Thank look, you. this is, we're going to have you back very shortly here. But that is fantastic information on plateauing and on really accepting our greatness and, and being centered. Uh, and even when we look at people, we talk about going back to their center. I don't know how long it took Donald Trump to get back in his center, but he went from being a multi-multi-millionaire to being worth negative $800 million or something like that. And Absolutely. he was able to walk away and take a deep breath and start again. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Thomas is another example, founder of Century 21 Canada. He woke up one day and, you know, one day he was worth $100 million, the next day he was worth negative $200 million. And here's someone now who's extremely wealthy and helping a lot of people around the world as well. And that's all, I think, great sort of analogies or, or parallels to what you're talking about there. And there's multiple applications. So, Fred, thank you so much. And this concludes the Closing Bigger Sales Podcast, Part 1 with Fred Shadian. The next session will be uploaded very soon for Part 2. Those of you who are listening to this on July 26, 2008, please take time to stop by ClosingBigger.net and make a contribution to the MSMF Foundation to help us build that school in India. Thanks again, Fred. Thank you, Shane. Good job, buddy.